0: and sharing a shaping moment of their life. And so this morning is Gabby Milton. So Gabby, come on up. you guys would welcome Gabby.
1: Good morning. Um, in... When was it? Sorry. In February 2016, I took over um, the executive chef position at Big Rock Chop House in Birmingham. I'd previously been the sous chef and moved down a couple years ago, but um, I was super excited and super honored to be a female chef in my 30s running a $7 million operation. And on the first Friday, um, we had some regulars that would come in, Jim and Sue Chamberlain, and they asked for me to come out to the table. So I went out and chatted for a few minutes, and Jim said, Gabby, I want you to sit down and have a glass of wine with us. And I was like, okay. And a couple things you need to know about Jim is he's a larger-than-life Irish Catholic. Loves a good drink, loves to eat to excess, throws a great party, you know, all the things that chefs love. So we instantly bonded. And so I sat down, he ordered a cab, Um, made by Groth, who is a female winemaker. And he's like, well, we're going to cheers to women because you're a woman chef. And so Sue and and Jim and I and Vera, our general manager, are eating and drinking and hanging out. And we're talking about our families and all the things that we love. And finally, we get to food. And Jim talks about how much he loves Sue's um, short ribs and the places he's eaten in Italy and the things that he's done in Chicago and the stuff he's been in in New York. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's been all over the world. This is awesome. And then Sue talks about how she loves to bake and the things that she loves. And then Jim says, but Gabby, you know what I really love? Risotto. And I'm like, oh my god, me too. Well, that's great. And risotto is really hard to make. And it's a labor of love. And so I was like, ooh, maybe I can make risotto for Jim sometime. So they came every Friday night at 5 o'clock, they would come. And so it was about 6.30 at this point. I finished my wine and went back into the kitchen and made sure that was running and, you know, was there till the, the end of the night. And the next Friday, Vera, the general manager, came back and said, chef, just so you know, Sue and Tim, Sue and Jim, sorry, I have friends who are Sue and Tim, so I get a little a little discombobulated. Um, Sue and Jim are coming in at five. And I was like, I was like, I'm making risotto. Don't tell him. I'll make sure he's happy about it. You know, so I get all my mise en place. And if you have a chef in your life or you watch any chef shows, mise en place is your organization and your prep. So I did get chicken stock hot, and I had the arboreal rice and the the garlic and the shallot and the wine and the cheese and the butter and more butter and salt and lemon. And so I have it all ready to go. They arrive at 5, and I walk out to table 11, which is their table, and I'm like, Jim, I was wondering if I could make you risotto tonight. And he's like, of course, of course, this is great. And I asked Sue if she wanted it, and she said no. So I go back in the kitchen, and I wait a few minutes, because in the kitchen, it's all about timing. And so I had to make sure that what Sue was having would time with the risotto. And risotto takes between 20 and 30 minutes, and you have to stand there with a pot, with hot stock, and with a wooden spoon, and stir, and stir, and stir. And so I did that. I made it... I got it all plated really beautifully, and it went out. And I waited like five minutes, ten minutes maybe. I was really nervous. Because Jim's eaten all over the world. He was the president of Ecolab for several years and just retired. And so he's been in kitchens everywhere. And I was, you know, nervous. So I walk out, and he is just delighted and so happy and like almost picking up the bowl licking it out and everybody at the table took a spoonful and everybody loved it and I said so Jim what do you think he's like yeah but I think this might be the best risotto I've ever eaten He's like I could tell that it was made with love and that story might sound really great for him but it spoke to me because I was doing something that I loved which is cooking and I was doing something that showed him love and he felt so loved and so cared for Um, I, you know, that built a great relationship from risotto, from humble rice, I just have this great relationship with her family. He has since passed, but um, I still see them, see his, his wife and his kids, and um, we just have a really good relationship. So, that's my story. That's it.
0: That is awesome. Gabby, thank you. I mean. Uh, the, the Jewish community considers the table of the home the temple, the, the smaller temple, right? The temple doesn't actually exist anymore because it's destroyed, but the temple of the home is the table, right? Where you break bread together and you welcome people around it. So there is a holiness around eating and drinking around a table. I mean, they see in the life of Jesus that pattern of eating and drinking with people and being together. And those are some, of, that's, the, that's this part of this rich life, right? To have people around your table, to be invited to a table, to belong at a table, and to eat and to be there. That's the best parts. And so I love that story about making stuff with love and being able to share that with friends. Yeah, but that's beautiful. It's one of the best parts of life. And, and, and Gabby's made a career out of it. Here at Genesis, we long to be a kind of a community. We consider an emotional community of sorts to have these missional communities that are gathering around the city to open up a table for people to belong, to sit at a table and enjoy the best things of life, to experience the peaks of life together around a meal, and also to experience the pits of life, the transitions of life around a table. If you've lived long enough, you know that there's these peaks and pits and transitions. And we need a table to pull around to belong at. And food is one of those things that pulls people around a table where everyone who is invited to that will come. So may we continue to be the kind of people and the model that to pull out of love, to right people around your table. And this week is a great week for that, right? For the 4th of July, we got some days off. So I pray that God would favor you and that we could pause for a moment and maybe widen our table this week includes some people that maybe who are not, you know, who are not there. Because uh, I know there's people who are aching to belong, to belong someplace. And if you are widening your table, would you let the people know, would you even be able to, to verbalize to them, you belong here. This was meant to be. Welcome, right? There's something so good of that. We had a couple people in our community yesterday who were widening their tables yesterday and throwing little neighborhood parties. I guess they partied so hard that none of them are here. Um, but it's, it's the longing, right, that, that we would be a people who would be known for bringing people around our table. It's a beautiful thing. I love that story. So um, we're in the Psalms, and the Psalms teach us to pray, Right? And so, here's my start. In the seventh grade, when I was in the seventh grade, there was like, I don't know what there was going to be, but they were, we knew that there was going to be this like talent show of sorts during the middle of the school day, and, um, and a few of my friends were going to lip sync to the song Paul Revere by the Beastie Boys right? It's when their album had just come out, their first well-known sort of album had coming out. And I don't know why I thought it would be helpful if I learned the song too. I don't know if I was fantasizing that one of them would all of a sudden get sick and they would need someone to be able to step in to the song. But I diligently learned the lyrics just in case. Um, It's maybe one of the only hip-hop songs I know. Here's a little story I got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well. It started way back in history with... uh, MC Rod, Mike D and me or something, right? So I'm really bad and um, that's called flow (laughs) or the lack of flow, right? But we know those songs. Does uh, anybody else in here have flow? Does anybody in here have a song Hip hop song, an R and B song, lyrics that, whatever reason, you've memorized portion of them. That was seventh grade for me. That's like 30 years ago, if not more. 30 something years ago. Who, who has a song? Who has it? Who has a hip hop song that you have memorized or a song that you can give us three, four lyrics for? Bev? <laughs> no. I, I know you do. So okay, Norm. This is dangerous, right? Like, this is, you know. (laughs) All right, Norm, give it to us. All
1: right. Um... Told them all, all oh, them gangsters, what do you think Help mold them all? A lot of you want to run around and talk about guns like I ain't got none. What do you think, I sold them all because I stay well off? Don't get hate mail all day saying Dre will fill off? What, because I've been in the lab with a pen and a pad trying to get his damn label off? I'm having that. This is the millennium of aftermath. There ain't going to be nothing after that, so give me one more platinum plaque and mm, rap, you can have it back. Who
0: else? Who's got some? Norm. That was pretty good, right? I mean, I don't know, right? You're, you heard mine. I'm terrible. So that was better than mine. Who, el- who has flow? Come on. Somebody else knows. I, Nate, I know you know. I want to hear whatever hip-hop song you know. <laughs> He's going to sing a little R&B song. Give us Three lines.
1: Oh, yeah, Old Testament rap, O.T. rap. I'm doing the O.T. rap, O.T. rap, Old Testament rap.
0: See, um, Nate's parents were pastors, right? So, but he had that, that sort of convergence where he went into hardcore music, but early on it was O.T. rap for him. One more. There's a sleeper in here. Oh, yes. Yes. No, you're not. This is the best part of our day. Really short, but the police had a song called Roxanne, and I hated it because that's my name. So somebody came out with a rap song, and it's Roxanne, Roxanne. I'm the real Roxanne. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, anybody under the age of 13 have a song memorized? We have some kids in here. Who's got one? Anybody willing? You know I reward with donuts, don't you, kids? <laughs> All right, so, you know, there, there's something about, about hip-hop and MCs and stuff, but the big part of it is it's rhythm, right? And if you got it, it sounds great. If you don't, it sounds terrible. But, it, but it's got rhythm to it. Now, there's something interesting about the Psalms that they've got, they've got rhythm. That's, this sounds like a terrible pastor thing. It's like, oh, kids, you want to know about flow and, and hip-hop music? The Bible